Thank you so much again for being here. I'm Sandy Waters, and it is Neighbors in Need. And in the studio with me today is Elizabeth Murray, the program manager at Causewave Community Partners, and Nancy Ryan from the Finger Lakes Donor Recovery Network. And it's passlifeon.org. I want you to put that in your phone and and do some research on that um, after this interview. But thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank Thank you you for having us. Now, you were on, when was it? Gosh, was it last year now Mm -hmm. at this point? Yep, a little over a year ago. No, it goes Last by fast. April. I'm going to bring you in more frequently because this is so no important problem. Yeah. Uh, to talk about um, organ donation. And it's kind of an awkward conversation. Nobody really just, you know, sits around the dinner table. Hey, mm-hmm. let's talk about donating our organs. But it's crucial, right? It is. And actually, Sandy, it's becoming more common. I think over the last couple of years, honestly, since the launch of this Past Life On campaign, it has become um, much more common to talk about because of the stories that we're sharing. Mm. We've been able to share Scott Hetzko's story, um, the um, the other video that we'll talk about in a little while with the two moms, uh, one being a mom um, of the little boy who passed away and the mother of the young her young boy who received um, the other boy's heart. Um, it's these real-life stories that keep the conversations going and um, it's reflective in the increase in enrollment rates in this region. Um, we are, New York State currently um, has an enrollment rate of 32%, which if you had asked me what our enrollment rate in the state was, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, I would have told you 28%. Oh, wow. So it's really pumping up. And I, I'll give you the reasons why, um, where those enrollments are coming from. But in our region that we serve, which is 20 counties um, okay. between points of Rochester and Syracuse and all the way north to St. Lawrence County and down to Schmunk County, um, down south, our enrollment rate is 40%, which is much closer to the national average. Um, nationally, 52% of Americans are registered organized tissue donors. So in our region, um, we have one of the more higher um, enrollment rates. Jefferson County, actually, which is in our service area, has the highest enrollment rate um, county-wise in the state. So we're doing really great. And it's because people are becoming a little more comfortable. It is still a little awkward, Mm -hmm. but, you know, if you um, just have conversations like this and kind of dispel a lot of the myths and misunderstandings, um, it, it gets a little easier for people to talk about. So what mm-hmm. is the reason why we've seen an increase? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a few, right, actually. Um, I think from a, you know, we've been working together on this initiative for just a little over three years. Um, and at CauseWave, the way that we approach these um, community impact initiatives is taking a look at what are all those barriers um, and, and then addressing them through either messaging Um, through the creative elements, through programming, and in this case, really advocacy as well. And and when I say advocacy, um, you know, in fact, uh, every every year, a group of people from all over the state, including from this region, will go to Albany and speak with elected officials about the systemic issues um, that can't need legislative change uh, that are preventing folks from registering. And, And so whether that is, you know, it's kind of clunky to, to register in um, New York State. Um, so there have been some great changes in the past year with the beginning of online registration. Um, so that's new. That's going to have a huge impact. Um, Which is mind-boggling that we didn't have that before. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. that um, also um, now 16 and 17-year-olds are able to register their intent to, to be on the organ donor registry. Um, there's a, a little bit of a difference there when you're 18 years old or older, you automatically can register yourself and you've given your consent. 
for 16 and 17 year olds, you know, they're extremely excited. In fact, we have a, a newly minted 16 year old in our house right now. Um, and so she wanted to get her learner's permit immediately, went right away um, and was so proud to be able to get that learner's permit. But she also came back and said and showed me her picture and said, Mom, I registered to be an organ donor as well. Oh, wow. They couldn't do that before. And, and, you know, we had that conversation around the table and our family's been very open about this because we've um, been huge, you know, personal advocates for organ donation. Um, but 16 and 17 year olds, you know, th- those are those are kids that are becoming so much more involved in, in humanitarian things. Mm-hmm. And and they're comfortable having those conversations. I think we older people sometimes are the ones that have difficulty. But um, so that change in legislation allowing 16 and 17 year olds to, to register their intent, and then still, if, you know, heaven forbid anything happens, um, their parents are the ones that would have to give final consent on that. Um, but those are some of the changes that are really going to lower those barriers and, and make it a little bit easier for anybody in our state to go online, to manage their registration. Um, you know, I think those are the changes coupled with that messaging that we're seeing um, with those creative elements like these testimonial videos with all the programming, the conversations like this, that all is driving us in a very positive um, direction. It's good. Good sign. Um, with the 16 and 17 year olds, mm-hmm. do they need, I mean, they can go off and do it on their own. They don't need any parental consent of any sort. They do not. Okay. Um, and, and one of the main reasons why um, we were really pushing New York State to go in this direction is it's your 16 and 17 year olds that go into the DMV to get their learner's permit. Right. So previously, when they couldn't enroll as organized tissue donors, we lost them until they were in their 20s when they had to return to the DMV to renew their license. Because you can do a lot of those renewals when they when they get their next classification of licenses. That all comes through through the mail. So there just wasn't we were missing that opportunity when these youngsters went in to get their, you know, get their driver's permits. Mm -hmm. They wanted to register then. Now they can. And it's wonderful. We have this online registry. But still, the majority of people will still enroll through the DMV. That will always stay, you know, consistent. Um, Probably close to 90 percent of our enrollments still come from people who sign up at the DMV. So that's why that 16 and 17 year old enrollment um, opportunity is great, especially works well with the DMVs. Now, this video that um, you released it last year, right? Wasn't Mm -hmm. it on Mm -hmm. Mother's Day last year? Um, Gosh, what? A touching video, and it is on the website, pastlifeon.org. The the video is still there. It's just beautiful how two families were connected by such a tragic event. Um, But it was around a child. For us parents, do we need to consider this, think about this, have this conversation, and put our babies on this list or... Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's I guess the main point here is um, it's very important to think about and to have the discussions um, with the adults in in the family. Um, And that usually is more about what what, if something were to happen to yourself, what your final wishes would be. Um, It's a relief then to your spouse or your parents um, as adults to say, if something were to happen to me or we all know this, you know, we all know we're not going to be here forever. So it's important to do this, you know, pre-planning and, and thinking about your other advanced directives. People make their decisions on their healthcare proxy forms about yeah. would they, you know, want extreme measures taken to save their lives. This choice of organized tissue donation is just another one of those end-of-life decisions that it's important to make so that your family doesn't have that burden 
to make that decision on your behalf. So it's a gift to your families that you've gone ahead and made this decision for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not common. I, I don't think it's, you know, we can't certainly ask anyone to, you know, have to think about losing a young child, but we all know that that happens, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But if you've made your decisions, your educated and informed decisions about donation for yourself, it at least will make it a little bit, maybe a little bit easier for you to make those decisions on behalf of your child. You can't obviously enroll them in the registry, but at least you'll have already thought about um, and heard about what it means to be a registered donor okay. and a little bit about the process of donation so that it might be helpful if, heaven forbid, you have to make that decision. Yeah. For yeah. a child, and I went to a um, what was it called? Women, Wealth, and Empowerment series. So it's all mm-hmm. about just this particular um, seminar was about preparing for the unexpected, and a lot of it was okay. You have to have a healthcare proxy. Mm-hmm. You have to have a will. All these things that you don't want to talk about, but yet if you don't talk about it, it will create such chaos, and it could split families apart, the decision. So mm-hmm. this could be one of those things that is so important. Mm-hmm. And then once you get it done, you check it off your list, okay, now feel good knowing that, okay, check, done, planned, everything's set. Right? And Sandy, that's the whole gist of our Pass Life On campaign. It's all about living life to the fullest and, and then making your decisions about organ donation, signing up if that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. then go live your life knowing that uh, maybe someday you could pass life on to somebody else. So it's not as much about, you know, yes, you're making end of life decisions, but once you've made them and you're done and you've told your family and you've put it in writing, now go live your life because yeah. you know, that honestly, again, that, that, that burden, those decisions are, are done. I mean, you can, if you change your mind later, you can always do that. We, you know, this electronic registry does allow somebody to, if they change their mind and they decide maybe they don't want to donate anymore or they you know, were very restrictive and just only wanted to donate corneas or something. And then they later said, oh, I, I want to go ahead and maybe donate my organs too." you can go in line and make those um, changes in your own registration enrollment. So, yeah. And one of the things that, that we've learned throughout the course of, of this initiative in the last few years, and, and also with these beautiful testimonial videos, whether it's Scott Hetzko's or the one about the, the two families that have been connected forever, um, is that that people want to they want to have the conversations um, and ones people that have received uh, transplants are so incredibly indebted to the families um, and the people that made that decision and then those that have lost a loved one and and they have made the decision to pass on that gift of life their loved one is forever a hero and mm-hmm. it has really in some ways immortalized them um, because they have given the ultimate gift. Um, one of the things that we're really excited about is uh, we just finished taping the next testimonial video. And we have learned that one of the barriers that people um, encounter all the time when they're considering these end-of-life decisions is how does this coincide with their faith? Mm, and there's a right. lot of myths and misconceptions about whether or not their religion um, is supportive of organ donation. So when we started this whole initiative, um, there was a lot of data that was used. We, you know, it's a, a very research-oriented process, and we knew that over 80% of our New York residents are strongly in favor of organ donation. And yet, why then was there like a 50% disparity between how many people were registered on the on the organ donation registry and the people who said that they're supportive? Well, for many people, it is those myths or it is um, a lack of information. 
and sometimes revolving around their faith. And so they would default to, well, if I'm not sure if my religion supports this, then I'm not going to do it. So we just finished shooting and are in the editing process um, with our incredible partners at at Myers Creative Imaging. Um, It was a a panel, a roundtable discussion from five different faith leaders in our community. And they were incredible. And I don't want to give too much information, but they uh, sat down and based on personal experience, their role in their community, in their church, in their synagogue, um, how, it, how it ties back to scripture, every single major faith organization um, supports at least some part of organ donation. Okay. And, they, and they beautifully phrased um, how their religion and, and if their faith does support this. So we're looking forward to being able to release that later this year. Okay, so later this mm-hmm. year. Is there a target date? Well, um, in November, um, there's a special donor Sabbath. It's a national, uh, I wouldn't say holiday, recognitions, mm-hmm. yes, of, of organ donation. And um, that's going to be a target for being able to launch that. And then um, working with our partners, our faith leaders in the community to reach out into their congregations and, and have these conversations as we're remembering and celebrating the incredible people who have passed on the gift of life, using this video as yet another outreach to say, you know, this is something that is supported by our religions and keep having these conversations. Yeah. And we look forward to using it, too, as a tool to have the one-on-one conversations with faith leaders themselves. Because, you know, again, we, the very first thing we spoke about, Sandy, was it's not a common thing to talk about. Well, it's also not a common thing to even talk about, you know, in, in the faith community. All major religions support the notion of organized, don- organized tissue donation. Um, they encourage people to, to register, um, but it's the faith leaders and their communications with their own congregations that will be so helpful. And um, we've been inspired you know, over the course of five years that I've been working with Finger Lakes is it doesn't take long for you to find somebody that you're connected to, whether it's your neighbor, um, your coworker, or maybe a member of your congregation to say, I was a tissue recipient or my, my you know, brother was an organ donor. So once you start talking about that, um, in, you know, during these, um, in these faith communities, uh, they quickly find that this touches everybody and yeah. will touch members of their congregation if, if it hasn't yet. It likely will in the future. So um, we're, we're looking forward to sharing it with faith leaders and the community in general, too. Mm-hmm. If you want to find out more information, and man, we could just keep talking. It feels like we just scratched the surface. So we'll have to bring you back in. Uh, we have Elizabeth <laughs> Murray and Nancy Ryan on PassLifeOn.org. I encourage you, uh, invite you to look through that and seriously consider if you have not yet. A lot of people think that they are organ donors and then they realize oh wait a minute no i'm not so really take some time and and make sure that you are and have a conversation with your family about it and thank you to the both of you for everything that you guys do you're welcome thank you sandy